Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women. And as always, I'm here with Ush Danik, former corporate lawyer, then head of HR and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good morning. Morning, Jackie. How are you going? I'm all right. How are you? Good. That's good. Good. Yes. So issues continue with the pandemic, but we'll put that to one side. How is the EQ Academy going and your big submission? Yes, good. Uh, stage two of the process now. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully next week we should hear. So right. yeah. Still in with a chance and that's good. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Look, we're sort of been still a bit busy in New South Wales. We're just, everyone's sort of just being careful, trying to wear masks. So yeah, sort of a little bit just business as usual, but with a bit more heightened safety. Yep. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, no, very good. Doing lots of webinars and always on Zoom, <laughs> trying to do more running um, now that the days are getting a little bit longer, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, I suppose life continues even with the changes here in Victoria and we'll just take it day by day and let's hope we're out of this by Christmas. <laughs> yeah, look, Christmas is nearing. Can't believe it's already 10th of 11th of August. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's gone really quick. <laughs> it has this year. And it feels like a time warp this year, doesn't it? Like some yeah, of the time totally. has gone fast, slow, fast, slow. I feel at the moment like July went really slow. Mm. But a couple of those months just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. And August is just alone gone really quick mm, that's right we're nearly halfway through um and by, by the time everyone listens to this it will be the 2nd of september oh my god mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and then spring which is nice that's what i'm really looking forward to i think um the mood will change a lot when spring arrives because it feels like winter has just been going forever Dragging. yeah mm. yeah and isn't the heat going to be better for the virus as well I think so. That's yeah. actually what they say, but I um, haven't heard much more about that. So hopefully that will help over Christmas. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Everything crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, I got to speak to Courtney Bowie. Um, yes, and Courtney. It, yeah, it's the first time I've been able to connect with Courtney and I was really pleased to be able to, um, you know, I've watched her over the last couple of years. Um, she did really well with PR when she launched her lawyer and, uh, she's won a couple of legal awards and then she won the Telstra award for an emerging leader in New South Wales. So quite impressive. And now, She's also in the same um, incubator program that I am in, not in the same cohort, but because she was in that, I thought perfect time to reach out and great, yeah, see what she's up to and learn a bit, a bit more about her. And I just, uh, the story um, behind where, how she got to where she is, is just great. And so she, as I said, is the founder and principal lawyer at Her Lawyer. Um, so the firm is basically virtual. So she's been on Zoom and virtual for much longer than I have. Um, but she's focusing exclusively on helping women in business. Uh, so not um, litigation, but, you know, commercial law and, and all the aspects of contracts, employment, intellectual property, structure, all those sorts of things. So... Let's listen to the amazing Courtney. 
Courtney Bowie. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. We had a few backwards and forwards to make this happen, but I'm so excited because I really want to dive deeper and get to know you better. As I said before, you're a little bit of a celebrity in the legal industry um, because you're making waves and you've won some awards and your Telstra award as an emerging leader was very exciting. So before we dive right in, I'd like to know what you actually wanted to be when you were growing up. I actually wanted to be an author right up until uh, I went to university and I, at the very last minute my parents you know, really encouraged me to divert into law and uh, they said I love to argue, which is not untrue. Uh, and I was going to do law and journalism and then the last minute, it was the first year that they offered um, law as a standalone degree rather than as a double and I just went, yeah, okay, I'll just do one degree and I'll just become a lawyer. It was, it was I'm sad to say, it wasn't a great deal of thought that went into it. <laughs> it's difficult when you're that age though, isn't it? You don't know who you are. The legal industry, I mean, still focuses so much on the, on the way we interpret words. So, you know, plenty of time to write that novel as well. Exactly, exactly. And I think when I was a little, very little, I wanted to be an inventor. So I used to draw like these mechanical diagrams and come up with little inventions. I, I thought I was going to make it big with this remote control pram so that you didn't have to touch it. And I didn't, it wasn't until I became a mother that I was like, that's a terrible idea. No one would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you're an innovator as well. So you are touching on some of your passions there. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of writing in, in what we do. Mm. So tell us, you went to law school and then what? What's your career path been? Oh, okay. So went to law school and at the time I went there, I was I was a carnival worker. So I worked on like children's rides <laughs> and, um, and then I decided I should probably get like a real job. Mm. So I, I did the cold calling thing. I cold lettered everyone in my local area and said, um, you know, this is me, give me a job, please. And a local law firm did. Oh. And that was a really great experience for me. I started as a law clerk in my first year and worked there until I was um, an admitted lawyer, which was really wonderful. I still have lots of friends from there, regard that experience very highly and uh, really set that foundation and set me up for my future. Mm. And then I was attracted by the big lights of the city and, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll become a, a city lawyer in one of those big firms and, and that's where I went to next. Completely different from working in the burbs, completely different, expectations very different. It was very much work hard, play hard mentality. Um, you know, I'm sure that you've had lots of people on the podcast talking about their experience in big law it certainly was not for me, except for the fact that big law firms have amazing corporate social responsibility programs because they have the money for that. And that was the best part of my job there. I got to work a lot with Indigenous communities and artists and, you know, not-for-profits. And I loved that aspect of my role. I went out to the Northern Territory, I think, four times while I worked there and formed some really great lasting relationships and, and a real passion for reconciliation. Yeah. And then I'd only been there for really not that long, maybe 18 months. 
and I, I was on secondment to one of our clients and I woke up one day with these migraines that I just could not get rid of. Mm. And I was seeing, I couldn't work. I couldn't get out of bed. I was seeing every doctor I could find, you know, neurologists having all these tests thinking, oh God, I've got, you know, brain tumor or something like that. Never really been sick. Yeah. And then I couldn't get any answers for months. Mm. I think it was months, weeks or months. Um, And then they finally sent me to a neuropsychologist who did some sort of new test and they concluded that I had such severe anxiety and depression that it was manifesting physically now. And mm. that's why I was having these debilitating migraines. My, the tension in my body was just holding there and not letting go. And they get the, the way they explained it to me, someone who didn't know anything about anxiety or depression was, you know, that feeling like when you walk out into the road and you almost get hit by a car, you, your body thinks that's happening to you all the time. Yeah. And all your muscles are tense like that all the time, hmm. which was crazy because I yeah. never thought of myself as anxious or depressed. Yeah. I would never have described myself like that. I said, I'm busy, yeah. stressed, yeah. got a stressful job, but never anxious or depressed, never knew that it could manifest physically, never knew hmm. that it could happen to anyone. And that was sort of the end of that part of my career. Hmm. I decided that it's clear to me that it's my job really nothing else going on. Um, I'll have to take a break. And then I went and had my gypsy years, which was fantastic. I went and I travelled. I travelled overseas by myself mostly, Um, South America, North America, Europe, all around. I worked on a goat farm. I, you know, raised puppies. I worked in a restaurant on the beach. I slept on the beach. Yeah. I worked in an orphanage. I did. I, I, then I came back to Australia and I was still a gypsy and I worked on a lychee farm and I've done all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And I thought, I'm never going back to law. It's not for me anymore. Mm. I'm a gypsy now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up back in a consulting role. Um, a friend of mine hooked me up with this job and it was a consultancy firm that focused it on legal. And okay. my job was essentially to teach government and corporate clients how to get more bang for their legal buck. And that was when I started doing a lot of research um, into new law and Mm -hmm. alternative legal service providers, Mm -hmm. offshoring, um, you know, contract paralegals, contract lawyers. These were all really new concepts because back when I was starting out, it was, you know, you come in, you're, you're a law clerk. Mm. And you work your way up to graduate lawyer, lawyer, senior associate. One day you'll make partner and that's it. Mm. And I'd already decided, look, I don't, I don't want that for myself. I see the partners and that works for them, but that's not what I want for my life. And it wasn't until I realized that these other things were happening and there were, you know, different pathways and different ways of practicing law that I sort of got the idea, maybe, maybe there is something here. Maybe I could use this. Yeah. Great. Um, and from there, it was a really short skip over to, I think I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Yes. I may as well use these skills. I love hanging out with women. I love hanging out with women entrepreneurs and business owners and being part of their journey. And most women that I know are really intimidated by most lawyers that I know. Mm. And I just thought, oh, I'm not intimidating. Lots of friends come to me for advice. I could, I could do this. Yep. And then that, that's where I am now. Yeah. So her lawyer is born. <laughs> her lawyer was born. Yeah. <laughs> Look, what you raise is really interesting. And I've had a couple of chats with people about 
the anxiety levels of lawyers and um, that it potentially starts even in law school because we create that for ourselves and it's competitive with how much work we do and our value is all embedded in how much we work. Mm. And then the industry talks so much about resilience as well. And I, mm. I sort of redefine resilience from a legal industry perspective as how much shit you put up with. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't love the word resilience, to be honest. No. I think it sends the wrong message of you have to be willing to take it yep. and take it and take it and take it. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and be able to bounce back from that. But the, in the context of the legal industry, you're right, resilience I think is a dangerous concept Yeah, to be yeah. teaching, especially to young lawyers, law students, graduates. Yep. And I think the type of people that the legal industry attracts, we tend to be um, highly strung and highly self-critical and drive ourselves really hard as well, which just increases our anxiety, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we're constantly told you need to be resilient, which means that you can never stop. You can yeah. never you can never say this is too much for me. No. I need a break. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yes. I suppose, though, the way you've now structured your life, you don't have that issue anymore. <laughs> it's a different type of mm. that issue, um, mm. being a business owner, also comes with that mindset of you know the hustle yeah um, so it's it's about fighting that mindset I find and constantly trying to break out of it and say you know what it's okay to say I'm not coping mm. I need a break and and understanding and surrounding yourself with people who will understand that has been mm. really critical for me mm. Mm. so you're working with a lot of female business owners now what makes you so passionate about that and helping women um, and I suppose helping them in a really effective way too. (laughs) Mm. Um, So originally I guess I was just really inspired by all the women I was seeing who were like, you know, I'm not happy with my current where I'm at right now and I want to make my own path and that's still the case. But even more so I'm, I'm very passionate about women's empowerment and women being particularly financially independent Mm. I think it has come from some you know experiences throughout my life of of seeing you know women who felt like they didn't have a choice and they Mm. didn't have their own career path and they weren't independent and they couldn't follow their dreams or desires or needs because they were stuck or even being being forced to put up with shitty work conditions mm-hmm. because they didn't have another choice and they didn't feel like they could do something on their own. You know, even women who got amazing skill sets, super valuable to their employers, being treated like crap. Sorry, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on your podcast. Yeah, you can cut this out later if you want to. <laughs> of being, being treated so poorly mm. and not having the confidence to go, you know what, I could, I could sell my own skills. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really love doing, you know, helping women to develop that confidence and saying, yes, you can do it. And, you know, the legal aspect of your business, maybe you think that's intimidating, but look, let me show you. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. It could be fun. We can have fun with this. <laughs> so do you help them all the way from startup phase? Yes. Yeah, so I work with women from mostly now three to five years in. Most women tend to bootstrap. Yes. um, Mostly because it's impossible 
for women in this country to get funding for a startup. That's a yep. whole other rant that I could have. <laughs> but most women bootstrap and don't have funds for legals until they reach the three to five year mark. Mm. It's, and it's also a mentality and a mindset. Mm. So once you get there, you're making money, you're making profit, you know that it's working. Mm-hmm. That's when most women go, right, I'm going to get serious about this. I'm going to go see a lawyer. I need to protect what I'm building now because I see the value that it's bringing to me and my family Mm -hmm. and what it means for my future and their future Mm -hmm. help me protect it and take it to the next level. So that's mostly where um, my clients sit now. Mm. which is a really fun space to play in. Yeah, yeah, because they've also learnt a lot by that stage as well and maybe been burnt a couple of times. Exactly, exactly. Mm. But um, I'm working, obviously, as you, my clients have almost grown with me um, and I'm always conscious of, you know, startups and wanting to support that community. So I'm always working on things that could support that community better. So we're working on like an online course type offering. Mm -hmm. We have a sister business which does templates, um, very low cost basic templates, which I say like they're not legal advice, but they're better than nothing. If you don't have money for a lawyer, please use a good template. Mm -hmm. Um, Do not do the copy paste. (laughs) (laughs) And we're also working to launch like a, a Facebook group for more early stage startups great yeah fantastic okay so I'm getting a good picture of the model of your business as well mm-hmm. and internally do you also have like a variety of um, offshore and in-house and flexible work and part-timers and all sorts is that how it's sort of structured yeah it's sort of grown it's it's still a pretty small team actually but it's it's myself and a graduate lawyer at the moment in the internal team and our general manager, who's also my husband, he, he does a lot of the sales focused stuff. That's his background, his special source. And then we have some uh, contractors who help us with some of our more niche areas where right. we really value their expertise. They already have their own business mm-hmm. um, and we like to tap into them. That's a really sustainable way of growing our business and, and meeting our clients' needs. So there is a lot of combination there of um, mm-hmm. who is part of our team. Yeah, fantastic. And I know you that you're also part of the incubator program that's running through the Centre of Legal Innovation at the moment. So is that the, the new um, course that you're talking about? It's not. Um, we have a lot of projects on the go at the moment. Yeah. We're actually hiring right now a, um, a more senior lawyer to help us keep up with our client demand and have time to work on these projects. Mm. The CLI project is one I'm so excited about. It is reimagining um, lawyer remuneration. So mm. in my view, traditionally, lawyers have been compensated with money and status, a combination yep. of those two things only, and valued by number of years PQE, where you live and what type of firm you work for. Mm-hmm. I think it's discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Often women are taking lesser salaries because they're less PQE because they've had children or for other reasons, you know, and they always underestimate their PQE too. Yep. A man will round his up, a woman will round hers down. Same with like going for jobs and that kind of thing. So, and also it's, it's not really relevant that way of valuing no. people anymore. Like those salary guides and stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a virtual firm. It doesn't matter to me where somebody lives. No. So mm. why should I value them according to where they live? It's bizarre. So it doesn't work anymore. So I'm working on a model that measures the value of a staff member to their firm 
based on the values and then creating a compensation model once that's been ascertained and a a measurement scale put together, mm-hmm. you know, creating a, a compensation model that's almost like choose your own adventure. For example, you do your performance re- review and you get 10 points. You are 10 points this year. And then you look at your compensation model and you go, right, well, I would like to choose seven points for salary, but I would also like to use one of my points for some extra leave this year because I'd like to go on a lovely long holiday with my family. And I'd also like to use a point on adjusting my working hours, you know, around, you know, I don't know, I love, I love to work in the middle of the night. Um, I would like to adjust my working hours for that. So, and, and really aligning everyone's values together yeah. because they feel like if you have a happy team, happy clients, you're going to be successful. Mm. We don't need to measure bums on seats and we don't need to measure, measure every six minutes. Yeah. That is brilliant. That is so brilliant. I'm so excited um, about it. I can't. Yes. Tell yeah. Please use my firm as a test dummy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hitting you up with a survey. <laughs> um, but it just seems like the perfect time as well, because so many people are now working from home and they've realized how, you know, their efficiencies can be different and how they can work around homeschooling for example Mm. or how they don't have to fit like you say be in the office from seven till seven um, because that doesn't mean a certain level of efficiency exactly and and the modern lawyer to me money and status like do very many people care what what their title is anymore I don't think so no no, I don't after you reach a certain level of pay that doesn't matter either that doesn't motivate you but things like being able to earn extra leave or you know earn time during your working day to re like relearn a skill set yes try something new mm-hmm. work on a passion project go and volunteer that's the kind of stuff that gets people going yeah I work for an amazing place I can't wait to go to work today I can't wait yeah. to tell people about where I work yeah. and that's the people that that's what we want as employers well that's mm-hmm. what I want anyway the theory mm-hmm. is that other people want that too <laughs> What an amazing idea. It also addresses something that I also always bang on about is just because I'm regionally based doesn't make, doesn't mean you can talk down to me, doesn't mean you can think that I'm a lesser lawyer because, in fact, I'm quite highly qualified, maybe even more so than you are, but, you know, ugh, all that sort of nonsense that goes on. The fact that regional lawyers get paid so much less. Why? In, in a tech-enabled world, why is that the case? It just does not make any sense to me. I think mm. it's so unfair. Mm. So let's change it. If you don't like great. it, got to change it. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's really exciting. Well done. What a great idea. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to sort of share as we get further along on the journey and we'll be sharing things like results so that other people can benefit from it as well. Mm, amazing. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll love to um, keep up to date with you at where you're at with that. You have so many projects, as you said, and you're passionate about so many things. <laughs> yes, very much so. It's sort of all centred around women's empowerment, as you've probably picked up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and equality. Mm. Get us on an equal footing. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Mm, well done. It sort of brings me round to thinking, well, you've got so much on your plate how do you make sure that you are looking after yourself as well? What do you do to, to make sure that your own well-being is being looked after? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is such an important question. And as we were talking about pre-recording, mm-hmm. I recently went through a, quite a tough time and I was feeling extremely burnt out on basically every front in my life. I felt mm-hmm. like I was not doing anything very well because I was just exhausted. I had no energy left. And I've just recently sort of come out of it after taking a bit of a break and, you know, switching some stuff off for a little while, which sometimes you just have to do. But now I'm, I'm back feeling energetic again mm-hmm. and very conscious of how do I maintain that? Yeah. So I'm trying something new, which is one hour of self-care a day. I sat down and made a list of these are the things that fill up my cup. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing them. I can do them alone and they can be done in one hour. So I've got a list of things like go and get a massage or go and get a pedicure or take a bath, read something that's fiction, sit in the sun and play with my son, things like that, that that don't take a lot of time or energy or expense that can be done quite easily. And I'm trying to do one hour every single day. So that's working really quite well so far. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I know like people say, you know, try not to drink alcohol or exercise. I haven't had any luck with those strategies. <laughs> I think it's just about, I would definitely encourage everyone to do that list. Yeah. What, what fills up your cup and try to make some time for it every single day. Mm. Yeah. But don't really be important. mean to yourself if you don't do it. It's like, mm. oh, I forgot to do self-care yesterday. Better do some today. Two hours if you miss yes, an hour. Double time. <laughs> a massage and a pedicure today. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. It almost brings us back around to what we were talking about with resilience as well, because you can get yourself back into that same hustle pattern and not give yourself any time and burn yourself out way too easily if you if you just focus on that. But at the same time, you're so passionate about what you want to do that you want to do it all. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, there's a fine balance. And I suppose when you're driving yourself so hard, you're probably less effective. So you do have to put the self-care in, even though you feel like you're not doing stuff or you guilt trip yourself, you know, you're more effective if you do it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And even just little things, trying to incorporate little things. So I try to meditate. I, I often find myself forgetting to do it, yep. but COVID has been good for one thing for me and that has been mindfulness while I'm washing my hands you have to wash your hands for 20 seconds anyway you may as well just focus on washing your hands do like the proper hand washing thing yep and your brain will turn off because you're focusing on it Mm. and then you get 20 seconds every time you go to the bathroom I think that's pretty good (laughs) that's not a bad start yeah that's a really meditating start with the hand washing yeah well that's easy I think we can all do that exactly (laughs) Exactly. Just I just, just try to make it easy for yourself would be, be my advice to most people. Mm. Don't set yourself these ridiculous goals for self-care or, you know, me time or, or something like that, that that aren't sustainable for you in your life. We've mm. all got really busy lives. Just take it where you can. I started doing like push-ups on the side of the bath while my son's in there. I'm like, That's my exercise for today. <laughs> That's all I've done. That's great. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent tip. Thank you. Um, And along a similar line, with everything that you've learnt up to this point, if you could go back, what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess um, I probably would have said to my 21-year-old self, slow down. Mm. There's no rush. I really rushed through university. I finished early. I did all the summer courses that I could so that I could get out, get into the world and start working because I was so keen. 
Mm. I would just say to myself, slow down. There's no rush. You only get one life. And yes, you do want to achieve things, but take the time to actually enjoy what you're doing and celebrate what you've achieved. Don't constantly, as soon as you tick something off, go, right, what's next? And I I did that to myself with, say, the Telstra Award. felt so uncomfortable accepting people's congratulations, which was strange. Mm. And I just kind of was like, whatever, whatever, and moved on to the next thing. I should have really taken the time to celebrate that enormous achievement for me and, you know, just give myself, I don't know, I don't don't know, a little bit more time to to enjoy it. That's what I would say to my 21-year-old self. Enjoy it. Enjoy it more. Yeah. It's not always about the next thing. No, it's not. And sounds like it's still a very relevant piece of advice for you on a daily basis. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm constantly yeah. saying to myself, like, enjoy this. This, yeah. is, this is a fun task. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's a privilege to be able to practice the law and a privilege to be yeah. able to run your own business. It's a privilege to have my staff and yeah. um, work with my husband and work flexibly, work with the amazing clients that I do. And, you know, it's important to stop every now and then and say, just, just enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, you are. You're creating an amazing life for yourself, an amazing business that helps lots of people. <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice. I'm, I'm very <laughs> happy, I would say, just to sum it up in a word, which is very different from where I was when I thought my legal career was over. Yeah, yeah. There you are. I told you half an hour would go ultra quick. <laughs> so quick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so people are going to want to continue this conversation with you. Where's the best place to go? Uh, there's a couple of places you can probably send people. So where would you like them to reach out for you? Oh, this is a good one. So probably the place that I'm most active is in the Ladies Who Lawyer Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So anyone in the legal profession who is a lady or identifies as a lady can join that group. So lawyers, students, professors, everyone welcome. I'm in there all the time. Otherwise, LinkedIn. Um, love connecting and having chats on LinkedIn. I guess fa- my Facebook as well. Yep. Yeah, like my Facebook page, the Her Lawyer page. Excellent. Um, so we'll pop all those links in the show notes um, because we do have a lot of women business owners who listen as well. And so I think that, you know, who you are and the services you provide will be very attractive for, for them as well. So they'll want to check you out. Absolutely. The Her Lawyer website, I should have also mentioned, just got like a real refresh and it's lovely. So oh, um, please do check that out too. Excellent. Yes, please do. And look, thank you so much for your time, um, your story, your wisdom, and I'm sure people will learn so much through you sharing. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure chatting about this. It's my passion to talk about helping women and, and helping lawyers and women lawyers especially. She's great. When I was listening to it, I actually had to hear it twice. You know, it's one of those interviews that you go, there's so much in there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. The, yeah. I like I had to listen to it twice. And I think the, the word that came across to me is just this strong determination, right? You can you can really hear this almost like I'm on a mission. I know what I want, and I'm 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 just gonna go get it. Yeah, your dog agrees as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just this determination, and I think that she is so clear in her vision, right? Of mm. you know female empowerment, and that combined with her love of the law, it's just a little such a good little mix, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think that the determination is true. Um, I think that it's not so much the love of the law, but she's got a skill set. Um, it's the love of um, seeing people succeed. And then she's got the mm. skill set, this specific skill set that she can enable people to do that. Because I certainly think she's had her ups and downs and doubts with the le- a legal career just like us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at the, um, the services online and it, looking at it going, oh my God, like there's such a need for that sort of stuff, especially in the finance side of things as well. Mm. And I think, you know, we forget, we're like, funny enough, I just had a couple of people look into EQA and as a potential investor in the business. And I thought, oh, you know, where would you even go to get legal advice on that? And then I came across her services yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, like this is exactly what she was talking about. Um, and I think there's areas like that in the business that we just go, is that a lawyer thing? Is that not? Is that an accountant thing? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, how she's really explained what she does really clearly is is great. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, the, the packaging. And I actually didn't have a look at her previous website because she said that her website's just had a big refresh. So um, mm. maybe that's helped with the clarity as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just It's just beautifully laid out and you look at it and go, yep, I know exactly what this person can do for me. And, you know, just the steps of how to work with her. Yeah. So simple, the whole, you know, fixed fee thing. I think there was a couple of other people we spoke to, right, as well, that, that was doing that, that you just know what you're getting up front. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, she's at the forefront of um, what a lot of firms are doing. And I think because she's a step ahead, that's helped. But also, I mean, she's also far ahead in terms of the other projects that she's got going on like she spoke about having a course and and then it's so interesting to hear what her project is with the um, lawyer remuneration project Mm. that she's doing I think that's fascinating and it's a huge service to the legal industry um, that she's developing this like it's not even for her own practice really it's fascinating yeah, it is. I think you should definitely be one of the uh, initial testers <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think just to take, it's it'll be interesting how it's going to be received. Like when I was listening to it, I was like, oh yeah, that's great. And it totally is. And I thought, I wonder how, I think there'll be two two people, like two sides of how it's going to be received. You know, there'll be the old school people going, oh my God, no, I can't even comprehend how that's going to work Mm. and then there'll be people like you that go oh my god I want to do that (laughs) yes and it's um I suppose the exact same thing is coming into the COVID situation that there's a whole lot of firms that went no you can't work from home and no we can't do things on zoom and then the rest of us all just went oh well yep no worries business as usual just different I suppose the difference is is that there's nothing like COVID to force them to adopt something new in terms of remuneration is there. And I suppose the other thing is that the people making the decisions has, have benefited from the old system. So they don't want to lose their status and their title. Yeah, I think there's going to be, you know, if, if, if I was in her shoes, I'd be thinking that it's going to be a fair bit of education first yeah. and almost selling it to go, you know, this is different, but this is why it's going to work and looking at it from all those different angles. Mm, mm. or it's going to be like a generational uptake and so the next generation of lawyers will only look to work 
in a place that has something like that. Just like when we spoke to Karen Finch a while ago and she said yes. that the graduates are really aware of their happiness. Happiness. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, but what a big project. I like how she was saying that you can choose, you know, where to use the points. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. that's actually really cool. Yeah, it'll be the fascinating. The HR side of me was like, well, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's right. And it would even make it far more dynamic and interesting from a HR perspective as well to be the person doing the point system and working and then having the discussion with people about how they want to use their points. How interesting. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. Mm. And interesting how she was also saying, and, and, and you as well in the interview about the, the regional side of things. Yeah. I didn't realise it was so so big a difference in the pay. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, suburban and regional are all sort of similar. But the thing is, is that we, we also keep our fees lower because our overheads are lower. And we keep our fees lower to be able to service the communities in which we're based because we know that they need the services. So if we outprice our services for mm. the area, then we have to compete with large firms for their clients and we just don't have the budgets to do that. So it's like a, a cycle a spiral to the bottom almost. And I suppose most people who work in suburban or regional areas do it because we want the lifestyle. And so we care about where we live and we want to be part of the community and, and offer a service. Um, so there's all of that as well. Uh, we don't generate the fees to be able to pay high salaries. Right. Mm. So... You're right. I think it's definitely a lifestyle thing as well, isn't it? Of enjoying the life outside of work. Yeah, that's right. And, and you and you live there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And the point system in terms of a regional area might be, well, you know, if you have 10 points, seven of those points are probably being able to do some volunteer stuff, making sure that you're really only working nine to five. So, you know, very rarely do my staff work either eight to five or nine to six, you know, um, they're very much nine to five and maybe it goes towards further education or something like that. Yeah, that's right. I think going back into learning something is awesome because that's a skill, not only that's going to benefit them, but potentially you and the firm as well. And I also find, I remember when I, when my friends and I were doing law, we were like, Oh yeah, we'll do this type and specialize in this. And then you do it for a while and then you go, actually, you know what? I don't know if I really like that. And it takes a fair bit of guts to go, I want to I want to do something different, even if it's within the space of law. But yeah. you know what? I don't want to do family. I want to try something else. True. And I want to learn something else. Yeah, it does take yeah. a fair bit of guts because you do get pigeonholed. And if you do something for a couple of years, it's very hard to change yeah. tack, especially if you're servicing a particular wedge in a firm and they're like well who's going to do that if you don't <laughs> yeah yeah and then it goes back to that um the thing that Courtney was saying yesterday in the interview about the PQE as well right because it's almost like oh well if you do a whole different area does that mean your PQE doesn't count yeah you know it's like because are you relearning a whole new new area a new skill yeah it does and then um, firms take ad advantage of that because you'll, they're like, well, you've got five years of post-admission experience, but it's been in this area. And so you haven't got experience in here. If you want to start in this, you start from scratch again. Start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
such an interesting system, isn't it? It's yeah, just that's insane. right. Even though you've learned a whole lot of skills along the way, soft skills. But it's also the skills to be able to learn something new. I mean, that in itself is a skill, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. To pick something up and to be able to digest it in a way that works for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think it really matters whether it's, you know, you're learning about the family, you're learning about employment, you've got the skills to be able to pick it up and learn and apply mm. it. Mm. Um, and as you were saying in one of our other interviews, that it's, it's quite logical, you know, when you apply the law, um, there's, you know, there's those steps that you need to follow. Yeah. So does that whole PQE thing really matter? What about all the other worldly experience you're bringing? Yeah, no, I, I agree because having the law degree makes you think in a certain way anyway. So why can't we just apply that thinking? Because it's not like you really retain a whole lot of information. Part of no. what you learn is how to find what you need. How to find it, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and follow those steps, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, now's the time to shake up a whole lot of other industries too, really. So mm, Yeah, I think good. she's going to do, I think she's definitely going to make some noise. Yeah. And she yeah. goes out there with this. Yeah. <clears throat> and all for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming back as well around to the struggle that she had and the, the health issues and the resilience piece and all that sort of stuff. I think that that is potentially the majority of lawyers, not the minority. Mm. Uh, so there'll be some kind of uprising with the, the lawyers themselves rather than the firms, I think. Um, about how things are done particularly you know if we start getting back to no restrictions in terms of work environment and what firms then demand everyone to come back into the office when people are like well um, you know I saved two hours of my day because I didn't have to commute I was just as productive at home I was there for my kids I was making meals um, why do I need to be in the office? Uh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to watch. I think what she's doing is the perfect time. Yeah, and it's interesting what she said about resilience, right? About it being that misconception that it that you can't take a break, that it's that you know. And it's interesting. I was speaking to a couple of people in resilience just last week, and I think there's two schools of thoughts there. And she's absolutely right. There is that misconception, but mm-hmm. I think we need to re-educate that the resilience is the bit that you do before you bounce back as well. Mm. So mm. the focus isn't just on, yeah, you've got to bounce back if you've fallen. It's what are you doing before you get up? And are you taking that rest before you get up? Or are you just going, oh, no, no, I can't talk about it. I just need to get back up again. Absolutely right. And we've spoken about how resilient a lot of our guests are. And it's resilient in a bigger picture, isn't it? Because as you say, it's how they have kept going despite whatever challenges they have. Whereas I think in the legal space, they're almost applying resilience on an hour to hour basis. And no, you don't get any chance to have any break. It is how much you can push through, um, how much shit you can put up with and how long you can go for without having a meltdown. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like, you know, um, survival of the toughest, isn't it? It's like, True. Oh, everyone else is just pushing through. I've just got to push through. Yeah. There was this really cool, vulnerable post from this guy yesterday on LinkedIn. And uh, I've been following him for a while and he's always posting just, you know, really positive stuff. And, mm. you know, he's like senior executive level. And yesterday he, he had this really unusual post that made me stop. And it was a picture of his pantry. 
and he's in Victoria and he says I am really struggling he goes I've been drinking every day he goes I haven't been exercising um, and he goes I literally just went to the shops to buy all of this junk food that I don't even eat and he goes I'm just not coping and he says is this a test of my resilience and it mm. was just such a beautiful post and it was so nice that for someone who is quite strong in his you know nana was able to say that because the amount of people that were like oh my god you know you should see my pantry and I feel the same and you know I've been drinking it, it almost someone going it's okay that you're you're not feeling great um mm. because a lot of people that we think that are aren't either mm. so I think someone sometimes it takes that you know sort of um circuit breaker right to go well actually not everyone is tough not everyone is and if, if I feel everyone is, I'm going to be the first one to say that I'm not and circuit break it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's really lovely. That little story, you know, we got on here and I spoke a little bit about that before mm. we started recording because I've had it, you know, I'm exhausted mm. and, but I still can't stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I can, I can be grumpy and down and all that sort of stuff. And my staff will see that and I won't be leading well if I do that, but I won't show that to any of my clients and I won't have less work and I won't give myself a break. And so it just continues. And so I beat myself up because I'm not leading or showing up the way I should be showing up because my staff need me to be strong and have it together and be positive. And yet I'm just squashing all this stuff down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually they probably don't want that. They probably just want to hear from you to go, you know what, actually, how are you feeling? And do you need to just have a day off and for them to hold the fort? That's okay too. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't you know, tend you, to agree because then if I, if I let it go, but how is, um, you know, wanting a few days off letting it go? It's not letting it go. It's actually pausing, isn't it? That's your fear of trying to hold on. Mm. That's, that's what that is. Maybe, but it's also my fear that I've got all these staff to try and keep employed as well. <laughs> and so if I'm not generating work, it's not happening because it doesn't happen without me. And, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an endless cycle. You know, I'm not qualifying for JobKeeper. And so I'm you know, my profit margin is only 10%. If I lost 30% of revenue, the business would be gone in a month. We yeah. wouldn't survive for a quarter to be able to qualify. So, you know, there's all these aspects as well. <laughs> so what is your self-care? What are you doing? If you're still showing up every day, I mean, there's got to be something you're doing for you. Well, I've had a really good morning routine since March when all this started. Mm. But that also means getting up at five every morning and if I have a morning that I miss that, I beat myself up over that too. So there's that <laughs> issue as well. <laughs> um, I'm running more and running really helps. And those are about it. What about sleep? I sleep well. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's okay to say, I know what you're saying about that fear, but whether you take the day off or not, I think even just showing a little bit of that vulnerability to your team to, to even just talk about the pressures you're under, it's, it's you're human. <laughs> and you know what? They probably know that you're feeling something, why not just tell them what that is rather than let them guess? Yeah. I know it's not easy. And I know it's not easy for you knowing the person you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So resilience. I mean, is this resilience or is this craziness? <laughs> yeah. I think it's craziness. <laughs> yeah. 
I think, you know, resilience, you know, it, it is that bit about, you know, okay, I've got to bounce back, but there's a little bit of realism in that as well. That yeah. if you if you don't have that break between the bounce, you are going to just burn. That's right. And it then is, what? But then what's going to happen to your team? Yeah, it is. You're right. You're. It is burn. It's not bounce because I don't have the down to bounce back from. Correct. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you know that feeling of you just running on empty twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be a point where your engine's going to stall. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I think this is potentially this many, 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 many lawyers work. Yeah, but that doesn't make it okay either. No, you're right. That's right. And where does that cycle break? Mm. Mm. And you know what? It doesn't have to be drastic, right? It can break by, you know, if you go back to self-care, yes, you've got your morning routine, but I think it's more than that. I think it's just, you know, finishing a little bit earlier, allowing yourself a couple of days where you don't have your morning routine. And it's okay if you just stay in bed and do nothing. Like doing nothing is okay too. And I know that's not easy for you. No. (laughs) uh, Because you're probably like, oh no, I I need to read or I need to do something because I'm wasting that time. But (laughs) I I think you need to allow yourself that stillness to, because even if you want to, you know, think about what you need to do, where's the time to just think Mm. and just be, or even not think. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's running. That's running. And how about you? I mean, all this sort of stuff applies to you as well. You know, you're running your own business and you're supporting yeah. people who are in crisis. Hmm. Yeah, I think mine, because of the EQ space, I'm just really conscious of what I need to do to look after myself. Hmm. And I will fit it in, even if it means I sleep late. But it's it's the whole downtime stillness meditation piece it's it's crazy things like you know setting the alarm half an hour earlier just to lay in bed and do nothing and just think um and allowing that thinking time that we talk about right so mm. yeah it's, it's things like that and then balancing that with you know with Gia and yeah you know that right balance of how much does she know and to, to be safe but then not to also cause the anxiety talking about it's really helpful <laughs> so thank you <laughs> it is and yeah yeah, give it some thought. Otherwise, like I said, you you know, if you haven't got the bounce, your engine's going to stall. And if it stalls, there'll be a greater period of downtime than you probably want. Yep. yep. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And it, it's just like Courtney had, you know, she thought she had to give up her whole career. She had her gypsy years because her health had no, she had no choice but to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And I think, you know, th- these are weird times, you know, I think, uh, yeah. The other thing I was talking to someone yesterday about on, on one of my client sites, and she said, how I thought I would react is not how I'm reacting. Mm. And that alone is freaking, was freaking her out going, but I'm, this is not how I should be. I shouldn't be feeling anxiety. It's not who I am. Or, you know, I should be on top of this. I should be methodical in my thinking. And she goes, I'm not, I'm all over the shop. So I think we need to just accept the fact that we're going to feel a whole lot of things that we are not used to feeling. Mm, yeah and it's going to confuse us yeah so I think we are going to feel things that we're not used to feeling Mm. and you know what that can be uncomfortable to listen to and to accept yeah very much so Mm. well we'll continue to get through Um, I'll take on board what you're saying I have been looking forward in my calendar to see whether there is any days I can take off and there isn't in August so let's see how we go in September so Having said that, what have you gone on for the next couple of weeks? I'm just busy at the moment with client delivery and I'm actually working on the course. 
So that's exciting. I'm hoping to get that out in the next six weeks. What about you? So similar in the background, I suppose, with all the weekends, just sitting at home, not doing much, gives me heaps of time to work on Legally Wise Women, which is great. So the website's live. Um, The free section of the uh, membership is live. So there's hundreds of videos in there. And yeah, end of September, I'll be doing the beta launch of the, the paid part of the membership where I actually show up and do regular trainings and and things like that Q&A's so it's all coming together amazing yes <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. yeah it's lots of fun actually to have that mind shift and work on something that like that which is it's good mm. good mm. Mm. so we're directing everyone now to your new website aren't we eqacademy.com.au .au right did you get yeah. both no, no, they didn't have .com. Someone else oh, did it. No. <laughs> There's no website though. They just bought the freaking domain and then they want you to pay like $8,000 for it. Oh, how cool. annoying. Yeah. They just mm. hogged it. So mm-hmm. annoying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently that's a really good business idea that loads of people do. I didn't even know that. Did you? They just buy domains. Yeah, I had heard of that, but I think it's Jesus. like a long-term plan yeah. because it takes a fair while for someone you know, it might take 10 years for someone to want that domain. Yeah. I didn't want it for eight grand. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I'll just stick the .au all good. (laughs) (laughs) And of course we want everyone to comment. Best place to have a conversation with us is either on our website, iqmeetseq.com.au or where we post the episode. So LinkedIn is a great place for that. Um, Love to hear your comments. And otherwise, people can contact me at jackiebroman.com or tbalaw.com.au or now, I suppose, legallywisewomen.com.au as well. Amazing. (laughs) It's all happening. He's done something. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. (laughs) Thank you. Talk soon. Yeah.